0: Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Greetings and salutations, my friends. Happy Tuesday. One step forward, two steps back, it seems, when it comes to... Provincial government affairs. Yesterday, we let off the show talking federal politics. Today, it seemed like the province needed to one-up the game. We will chat with Minister Mark McQueg Boyd coming up after 5 o'clock today. As the province has decided to dip its toe into, I guess, the, the shallow end of the pool, maybe is the way to put it, when it comes to a refinery here, an RFP, uh, or not even an RFP at this point, expressions of interest In building a new refinery to turn bitumen into products such as gasoline is being thrown around. So we will chat with the energy minister. One of those things that I think a lot of people are going, it's about time. Because in one of those weird non-partisan issues is actually everybody on all sides seem to be of the thought process that... That was going to be the smart move going forward. So we will ask that particular question of Mark McQuaid Boyd. New research on knee surgery in our city at the University of Calgary in particular. Uh, Dr. Ziad Abu sara will join us after 5 o'clock to discuss what he's found key to preventing things like the knee breaking down and osteoarthritis. Before we get to all that, though, one of the big stories coming out of... Uh, Rocky View County today, council has voted unanimously to formally oppose the spring bank dry dam proposal. This is something the province has been saying we need. And yet there are, there's growing uh, a growing movement to say, this isn't the right plan. And we had the don't damn spring bank group. That's been saying this for a while. Well, it seems as though Rocky View County is taking the same approach to this. So in just a couple of minutes, we will chat with one of the residents who is, uh, whos who has been keeping close tabs on things. Lee Drury will join us in just a second. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. As you've heard in the news, Rocky View County Council voting unanimously to formally oppose the Springbank dry dam proposal. It has been a contentious $250 million project to to mitigate the flood risk here in Calgary and downstream. Environment Minister Shannon Phillips has tweeted the government remains committed to that dry dam and that any reset now would be, quote, devastating. Transportation Minister Brian Mason said the project is vital to protecting the economic engine of the province and the 1.2 million Calgarians and others living downstream and would require the government to acquire land from as many as 22 landowners in Springbank. So this one's not going away anytime soon, by the looks of it. And one who is keeping real close tabs on things has been uh, Lee Drury, one of the landowners in the area. Lee, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon.
1: Oh, Thank you for having
0: me. Your reaction to today's decision by Rocky View County Council? I'm
1: really heartened by it. you know, administration in Rocky View did a really thorough report uh, to look at how we got to to where we are today, and and just pointed out a whole bunch of concerns and issues that uh, Rocky View Council took to heart and uh, and uh, you know unanimously said uh, we need to go back to to square one and actually make sure this is the right project.
0: Is the McLean Creek project still the best one in your eyes? Um, I mean,
1: absolutely. I think if if you start from the
0: the principle that
1: Wherever possible, use public land for public works. Then, I mean, it passes that test right off the bat because it's crown land. Mm-hmm. Um, it does provide the exact same uh, protection to, to Calgary. And in, in addition, it protects Bragg Creek, Redwood Meadows, and, and everywhere in between. So, um, yeah, I still believe it's the best
0: project. Why do you get the sense that the province wants this particular spring bank dry dam proposal to go through? Um, you know, I think they landed too quick.
1: And then I think it's kind of like, you know, you start digging a hole, you keep digging until you, you think you're going to be successful. But I think it's time to stop to stop digging and, and start
0: digging a new hole. Were you surprised at all with the county's decision today?
1: Um, I was really encouraged that it was unanimous. You never know with, with these votes that, um, you know, some councillors represent areas that, that aren't aren't Springbank and maybe on the other side of the city. Um, But it was a unanimous vote, so I mean, that's really encouraging that um, they see it for what it is, which is a devastating project for Rocky View.
0: When you look at the the reaction already, and as I mentioned off the top there, Environment Minister Shannon Phillips saying that uh, any setback now or reset would be devastating. Do you think that's the case? Uh, No, I don't actually. I think we could drop tools on Springbank
1: tomorrow, start on McLean Creek, and we would have McLean Creek done before Springbank will be done
0: why do you suppose there's such pushback to mclean creek i don't know i
1: really honestly don't know i've been trying to find out i've asked government officials that uh, they've told me that the project could be built they've told me that environmental concerns could be mitigated uh, so i really am at a loss to see why they're so uh, reluctant to go for mclean creek um, the other thing i would add to that and this is just recently canmore uh, actually got approval for a about a $50 million flood mitigation project um, up in the hills by by Canmore in a provincial park that's in a, you know, an incredibly environmentally um, sensitive area. And there wasn't a single opposer to that project.
0: Do you suppose, or do, do you buy into this argument, and, and uh, I believe it was Greg Clark, uh, one of the Calgary MLAs, who called it short-sighted, ill-informed opposition to major infrastructure projects and says that that kind of attitude needs to stop. Do you believe that that's the case? Is it just we don't want this big project in our neck of the woods?
1: Um, yeah, I think Greg Clark is representing his constituents, and I'll leave it at that.
0: All right, duly noted. Uh, thank you so much for the time today, uh, Lee Drury, a landowner in the in that area. Uh, thanks again for the time. Oh, my pleasure. So there you go. If you want to weigh in on this, 403-974-8255. It's Rocky View Council again deciding to vote unanimously to formally oppose the Spring Bank dry dam proposal. Now, this is a $250 million project. It's been called an integral piece of the flood mitigation plan for the city of Calgary. And As I mentioned, Greg Clark, Calgary Elbow MLA, saying, short-sighted, ill-informed opposition to major infrastructure projects like pipelines and flood mitigation has to stop. I will agree on the pipeline thing. And I don't necessarily agree on the flood mitigation part, in particular this project, because it seems as though everyone I've talked to surrounding the Springbank Dry Dam has said, "Nah, listen, like, this isn't the best plan of action. We do need to get going on flood mitigation because we don't know when the next major flood is going to happen. And I know people in in Southern Alberta, whether, I mean, you look at people in Medicine Hat who dealt with floods in 1995 and 2005 and 2010 and 2013, and you don't know when the next one's going to be. And so you want to get the best work ahead right away. But this one always sort of smacked as being, we know the best plan of action and we're going to go ahead with it regardless of what anybody else thinks. And that's the 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 challenge with this one. And Clark did say the regulatory process should allow people to have their say and deliver a verdict based on fact not feeling. And as Lee Drury pointed out during the the meeting of Rocky View County today, was administration came forward with what he perceived as a pretty thorough response. To what has been bandied about for a while, and there's even been some people in Redwood Meadows who said this doesn't make a whole lot of sense because where the dam's going to go is actually going to cut us off from access to certain roadways as the example that is and again it's uh, I, w- I want to open it up to you, 403 Are you surprised Rocky View County decided to go down this route? Are you surprised the province is still pushing for this, regardless of what everybody else has been saying to this point? 403 Let's head to the phone lines. Al's on the line. Al, what's on your mind on this one?
1: Well, when the conservative government went and did this study, they hired a company in, I think, in Holland to do a hydraulic study on McLean Creek, and there was some outcome from that that actually made them choose this dry dam when the NDP were campaigning when they came in they were pushing for McLean Creek but when they read the report they also went to the dry dam so that last the individual that spoke on it saying he doesn't know what's why McLean Creek isn't good I don't know what's in the report but there was something in there that actually drove both governments to choose the dry dam so what's in that report
0: and that'll be the 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 question. And I have uh, uh, full disclosure. I haven't read the report yet, and that's the 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 nice challenge that I'm in now. But uh, are you a resident of that area, Al? I am a resident of
1: Calgary, but not that area. Right. I'm, in,
0: I'm in Calgary. Okay, I got you. Just making just uh, wondering there. So uh, thanks for the input there, Al. Let's go to Dave on the line. Dave, uh, what's your mind? What's on your mind here?
2: The um the cost is being said at $250 million to build Springbank. Right. Do you realize that they have already, the government has already spent in excess of that, mostly just on consulting charges? That, that Springbank will be hitting close to a billion dollars if it were to go ahead
0: today. But we need to study the studies and study the studies of the studies, don't we? Do <laughs> yep.
2: yep. well. Listen, there are so many things wrong with Springbank, other than just that cost. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous. Their consultants that they paid for came out and said it's not a feasible uh, uh, project. It can be dangerous because it's a uh, because it's a dry dam; it's an earthen dam, and that if it were to ever uh, Break or whatever, it would take 15 minutes for that wall of water to hit downtown Calgary. How much? How much uh, warning
0: time can you give the people of Calgary? Well, and then the question becomes, what's the warning time to get out, or what you get from McLean Creek? Well, which McLean, would be a, more clearly. Sorry,
2: sorry to interrupt, but McLean Creek is too small. Mm-hmm. They predicted that there was. Over a hundred million cubic meters of water came down during that flood. Mm-hmm. And they're building McLean Creek to hold fifty six million. Doesn't make much sense. They're planning to do seventy million for Springbank and yet there was um a hundred over a hundred million cubic meters came down. So this just it's so wrong in so many ways. And there's one other uh plan out there that is absolutely brilliant. I haven't got time on the phone right now and it's and see the website. Right? PreventingAlbertaFloods.com.
0: Preventing Alberta Preventing I'll we'll have to take a gander at that. Dave, appreciate um, the call. I yeah. got to get running here, but thanks for the phone call there. We'll continue this discussion and dive a little bit more into some more provincial news coming up in just a second. This is Calgary today on 770 CHQR. The trouble with this discussion surrounding the Springbank Dry Dam and any of these projects is we're trying to put a timeline on when we got to get something in place built. And we all know that if we're going to build something quick, it's not going to come cheap. Or, you know, there there's the, the formulas that one uses when you talk about whether it's going to be built with quality, whether it's going to be built on time, and whether it's going to be built on budget. And there's even more factors that factor into this as mentioned by a couple of the callers there is when it comes to this project is simply size and magnitude of it. Could the McLean Creek uh, proposal actually fit the amount of water that would be needed to hold back uh, a flood the size of 2013 as an example? There's a lot of questions and a lot of answers but it depends on who you seemingly want to speak to on any number of issues which becomes i think the ultimate challenge for a lot of landowners but just to reset for those who uh, are just tuning in on this particular issue is Rockview County Council voting unanimously to formally oppose the Spring Bank dry dam proposal now Environment Minister Shannon Phillips has tweeted the government remains committed to that project and that any reset now would be devastating. And Transportation Minister Brian Mason says the project is vital to protecting the economic engine of the province and the 1.2 million Calgarians and the many other Albertans living downstream This one's not going to go away quietly by any stretch of the imagination because now that we have a key stakeholder in the group being Rocky View County saying, not in our backyard, begs an interesting question. Is there another option out there? One caller did say, yeah. So where do we go from here? As you heard in the news, Premier Rachel Notley saying the province wants to build a new refinery to turn oil sands bitumen into products like gasoline. And Notley's looking to the private sector for proposals. To learn more about this whole idea, we bring in Energy Minister Mark McQuaig-Boyd. Minister, thanks for the time this afternoon. Great to be here. Let's talk about today's announcement first, and a pretty big one from the premier and yourself. Maybe describe the, the rationale behind this to, this decision in this, this direction.
3: Well, you know, we, uh, for a long time, we've talked about upgrading uh, in Alberta, and we, our government's been doing quite a bit in that space, you know, uh, along with talk about getting pipelines built we need to do more for value add here in alberta and uh, you know it's it's time to grab the bull by the horns as it were and uh, do something you know i'm old enough to remember when peter laheed started this work many years ago and for whatever reason it the vision dropped and, you know, we're picking up that vision, uh, you know, it means more jobs here in Alberta, uh, more value for our product as, as owners of the resources here in Alberta. So uh, it's a great news announcement today. And it's, you know, along with many that we've been doing, uh, many of the strategies we've been doing to do energy upgrading in Alberta
0: here. What do you foresee is maybe a timeline on each of the steps? Are you hoping a couple of months? Are you hoping maybe six months? What are, what's sort of your, your hope and dream here?
3: Well, this first step today is just getting out uh, expressions of interest to get them to us by February eighth. Then we'll be reviewing, um, you know, what that could look like, and then uh, one of the potential moves could be getting an RFP out um, to see, you know, for or, or you know, expressions of interest in, you know, the next phase. And we're looking at ideas on either brownfield or greenfield development in the refining space.
0: A lot of people from all walks of the political spectrum have said that this was a, maybe a little, not necessarily too late, but what was the wait for, in a sense, because there were a lot of people who were saying this this was the logical step six months ago. Why the delay? Well,
3: I think, uh, you know, we've been working on a number of strategies, you know, as after we uh, commissioned the EDAC report. But, you know, I think lately the market uh, access challenge really... Uh, amps up why we need to do more made-in-Alberta uh, refining and upgrading and uh, and that kind of thing. So, you know, we've been working, honestly, we've been working on this for three years when we started with petrochemical development. You know, we've uh, announced programs for partial upgrading and for feedstock programs. So we've been doing a lot. We announced yesterday about uh, looking at the potential of feeding into uh, LNG uh projects on the on the coast so this is just a num- you know one of many things we've been doing but absolutely market access is critical and uh, i think we've seen that and with the differential lately as well you know this just highlights uh, the need to speed up a bit and do you know more made in alberta projects
0: are you worried about that Made in Alberta project, given that you still need that access part and you're not necessarily getting the buy-in from other provinces?
3: Well, you know, I, we do see a path pathway to get those uh, pipelines built. And, you know, some of the pushback has been on not refined projects. Uh, products. So these are going to be refined products. So that's a bonus, I think. Uh, And when we talk about refined products going through the pipeline, we don't need as much diluent, So it does increase the space. So I think this is all fitting in quite nicely, you know, and uh, as Albertans, you know, when we face challenges, we do what we do best is we, you know, put our efforts into Made in Alberta solutions and that's what we're doing.
0: Is there a hope in all of this that you become less, um, Uh, involved, I guess, or or, or less reliant, I guess, on a federal government or other provincial governments that you kind of take a little bit more, the province takes a little bit more of the heat in a sense, and, and where there's risk, there's also reward.
3: Well, you know yeah i think uh, we we can't sit around and wait for the federal government to act anymore you know they've been uh, lots of nice words and platitudes but uh you know we we uh you know we can't be a feeder plant for the us any longer that's we're sending a lot of dollars down to the us for them to do things with and and those dollars should be staying here in alberta and indeed in canada so uh you know we're going to do what we can do uh here in alberta and um solve some of these challenges. And uh, today's announcement was, uh, you know, a piece of some of those challenges that we're uh, working with.
0: Your department as well yesterday made a, an announcement surrounding LNG as well with a couple of, of big names being named to, uh, to a panel and, and working committee. Describe a little bit about the, this process in particular and, and how that might help as well with sort of the, the overall feeling in the energy industry right now.
3: Yeah, well, you know the the panel the two we announced yesterday are you know uh, charged with being very focused on what what's it going to take to get another couple uh, LNG projects over the line and help us understand. Um, as you know, I live in Northwest Alberta, and we're over some of the world class resources. Uh, when we look at uh, natural gas liquids. And so we, um, we have a lot of resources here in Alberta. We can do way more with them and, and get more dollar again here in Alberta. So how can we feed into, into that? And um, you know, it's, we look at the differential um, you know, when we're the crisis we're facing right now and that's pennies on the dollar. And this is the same situation we're getting pennies on the dollar uh, for our natural gas resources. So you know it's it, it's a similar thing that we're doing. We're you know, we're very focused on what's it going to take. And uh, as you noted, we have two stellar individuals that are going to help us do this work and you know, give me some good advice uh, to to give to the government about where we can go next with with that project.
0: Energy Minister Mark McQuaig, boyd joining us on Calgary today. We will continue that discussion next. Let's continue our discussion with Energy Minister Mark McQuaig-Boyd as the Premier has announced the province is looking for some proposals into building a new refinery to uh, refine Alberta's oil sands bitumen. And Minister, after listening to the government announcements recently, I can't help but feel like you're setting yourself up for an overall energy vision ahead of an election. What is that vision at the end of the day,
3: yeah, you know, this is about a long term vision we have uh, for the energy industry and, and a, um, you know, a vision that uh, gets helps our industry, uh, you know. The changes are built to last. It's not about election cycles. It's about a long-term vision, and uh, we need to, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we need to get full value for our dollars, uh, for our resources here in Alberta, and um, we need to look at something made in Alberta. So we're not, you know, 30 years down the road still talking about upgrading. You know, we're not, we're not still looking 70 years down the road for pipeline access. I mean, that pipeline's older than I am. And, uh, you know, we, we have not had another pipeline to Tidewater in almost 70 years. So, you know, we don't want to keep having these conversations. So, you know, honestly, we've, we've created a vision. And uh, we're acting on that vision. and uh, and it's a vision for that's built to last for Alberta. This isn't uh, about an election cycle.
0: What do you suppose will be the the next step in the progress or the next evolution in terms of of trying to build out the industry so that it is uh, a little less resilient or a little more resilient, pardon me, on uh, government influence?
3: Well, you know, we've, we've gotten a lot of good advice from a number of folks. Um, you know, we are, we're looking at the petrochemical space and we know that that, that industry doesn't suffer the ups and downs as, as largely as, as oil and gas does. You know, we're looking at partial upgrading. There's a lot of things we're looking at. We've gotten a lot of good advice from industry and, um, you know, yesterday the LNG announcement was one thing, but we have a number of, um, bits of advice from the natural gas panel that uh, we're going to be working with with industry. So it's hard to say what's next, but we have a lot of good advice that we're going to work with industry um, going forward. Um, but the, at the end of the day, what we need to do is get off the boom and bust that we've been experiencing all of my life here in Alberta and get an industry that's more resilient to to the ups and downs of price.
0: Minister McQuaig-Boyd, I appreciate the time this afternoon.
3: Great
0: talking to you. So there you go. Some context to today's announcement from the Premier and from the Energy Minister. It'll be something we will be keeping an eye on for sure, because uh, as was mentioned by one texter, this is a long overdue process that even goes beyond the Notley government, as this is something that we should have been talking about years and decades ago. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. Uh Piece of news from over the last couple of days coming out of the University of Calgary in the Human Performance Lab. As they've been looking into knee surgeries and the connection to osteoarthritis and what exactly is maybe some of the risks on your knees. And one of the doctors who is in charge of some of that research is Dr. Ziad Abusara. He joins us now on the program. Doctor, thank you for the time today.
4: Thank you for having me.
0: These are the kinds of injuries that we talk about a lot from the sports world. But it is certainly something that is prevalent uh, in the, I'll call it the real world as well, from, from the average. Calgarian when it comes to your study on knees what did you find
4: well let me just start from uh, Bobby Orr. you know this uh, hockey player who actually ended his career uh, at the age of 30 so he did 17 surgeries one of them was uh, a meniscus removal so um Uh, We know after that, we know really that most of the patients that have uh, their meniscus removed developed osteoarthritis. So then the question was how and why removing the meniscus leads to osteoarthritis. And this is uh, the study that I am working on. Mm
0: -hmm. So uh, by the sounds of it, the meniscus is a very integral part of the knee. Well,
4: yeah, the meniscus is uh, the piece of a cartilage that uh, provides a caution between uh, the femur, which is the thigh bone, and the tibia, which is the shin bone. And its uh, rule is uh, to stabilize and lubricate the knee joint. We, in this uh, study, we show that it is not only... Uh, it lubricate and stabilize the joint. It also protect the cells from uh, further damage.
0: What are we learning about the the cell damage itself, the cell death, the osteoarthritis, that kind of thing, and the linkages with uh, with the knee? Uh,
4: yes. Uh, so, so what we know, we know that the meniscus do really protect uh, the cartilage but now with this very powerful microscope that we have uh, we actually can look at the cells in uh, in real time what they are doing and we saw in real time that the cells were dying and this of course was uh, very surprising for us because in just four hours um in the presence of an injury and when the meniscus was removed almost half of the cells on the cartilage were dying
0: so does this change the way we could potentially do surgeries in the future on knees or how does this sort of impact the the medical side of what happens with the knee
4: well, in the medical side, we know, and all of know, uh, uh, all of us knows that the meniscus is very important, and it will protect the cartilage. The only thing that we actually, the thing that we found here is um, is the beginning how 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 the uh, osteoarthritis starts. So we think that it starts by uh, by. By the cells were dying,
0: and this is something that is going to be uh, very high profile. I think in terms of just even the uh, you look at stuff with obesity and heart disease and mortality rates and and that kind of thing. When it comes to sort of the future in this particular um, research and in, in this ge- genre of research, uh, sort of what are the next steps for you as a researcher?
4: Uh, okay, so. Uh, while well, we know that the uh, that, the, uh, uh, that who, uh, who get really the meniscus out in case of menisectomy, we know that they lead to osteoarthritis. Uh, or some of the patients, not all of them leads to osteoarthritis. and we know now that the cells is dying, the start of it is the cells is dying so the next step is really to see what happened between the time the cell is dying and any osteoarthritis developed?
0: What is the societal cost, doctor? Well,
4: uh, according to uh, Arthritis Canada, this actually will cost Canadian around 550 billion dollars by two, 2040, which is in the next uh, 30 years. That's why it was really very important to look at. Uh, how osteoarthritis developed.
0: Dr. Abu Sara, I appreciate the time today. Oh, thank you so much. You are listening to Calgary Today here on 770CHQR. Thank you so much for downloading today's podcast. Do me a huge favor and leave a rating and a comment. And you can always hit me up on Twitter as well. Just follow me at Calgary Today.